This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Cents, the show all about personal finance and I'm Sim Wee Boon. Filing for bankruptcy can feel like you've hit the financial equivalent of rock bottom. While it does wipe out your old debt, bankruptcy is a mark on your credit record and it can affect one's emotional and mental well-being. But it is important to remember that bankruptcy is not the end of the road and there are ways to get out of it. Joining me to discuss this is Nirmala Subramaniam, the head of the Household Financial Education Department at the Agency Counseling and Pengurusan Credit or better known as AKPK. Thank you and welcome to the show, Nirmala. Let's start off with some bankruptcy 101. What happens when you're declared a bankrupt? Okay, uh, actually bankruptcy is a process where a debtor is declared a bankrupt pursuant to a adjudication order by the High Court against the debtor uh, if he is unable to pay his debts for at least 100,000 ringgit and above. Yeah? And a person can be de- declared bankrupt through two methods. One, a creditor's petition. This means the creditor will commence bankruptcy proceeding against an individual by serving them with a bankruptcy notice or debts exceeding 100,000 now, the threshold. Yeah? And also by debtor's petition, where an individual can voluntarily make himself a bankrupt uh, to protect from creditors' claims that he knows he cannot fulfill. So if he knows he can't pay and he wants to uh, declare himself voluntarily, yes, he can also do that. And there is no required amount of debt for a debtor's petition to be declared bankrupt. So uh, there's two ways here that you a person can be declared bankrupt and it's only the order made by high court. Yeah? And when the loan amount, uh, if the creditor's petition, if by creditor, the loan amount should be more than 100,000 ringgit. Okay, but when the you know hammer strikes and you are finally declared a bankrupt what what happens then what is the limitations of that person so once a person has been adjudged bankrupt yeah, the first thing uh, they would have to do is actually go to the uh, insolvency department right they would have to go to the insolvency department and um, they would have to have uh, do their all their declaration there. So uh, the branch that's administrating is normally the same state where the bankruptcy order was made. Yeah, So you'll have to like disclose every detail pertaining to your income, to the insolvency officers now, and there will be quite a number of uh, declarations done there. So then now they will see, okay, what is the amount that you can pay, you know, uh, to, you can pay uh, while, uh, while in bankruptcy. So it is the process of settling your loans also, right? But as you mentioned, same, there are a few restrictions uh, when a person has been declared a bankrupt. And this also has been like um, a, a lot of a myth about it as well. Yeah. So basically, uh, the main thing everybody knows is, okay, one cannot travel overseas, yeah, which is true. You cannot leave the country without the uh, permission of the general uh, from the insolvency department or the court. So in case there, there is a need for this person to travel due to work reasons or any other emergency reasons, yeah, they can apply for permission. And uh, once granted, they can leave uh, for that duration. Yeah, And uh, other things that we normally see, as we know, uh, practicing in certain professions, uh, 
definitely know, especially when it relates to a lot of, uh, you know, check signings and uh, holding certain positions in statutory bodies, registered societies and organizations are also uh, a no. And um, they cannot carry on business alone. That means business, you cannot run a business under your name, yeah, or in a partnership or by way of a company. Working in a business with a relative, yeah, and uh, but employment is still allowed subject to your organization, subject to, subject to the employer's uh, guidelines and policies, yeah, and um, and also uh, something that is common, uh, that something that they must also know is also on their account, you know, all their banking accounts, savings account, current account. This will all also be uh, bad, but. If, let's say, this person is working and the salary is credited to a certain account, he will report to the uh, insolvency department and they would allow this one account to operate. So that's also possible. So there is a, a quite a number of restrictions, but uh, it's, it's all a matter of if some things are really needed and um, like traveling, you know, if it's for an emergency purpose or for a work purpose, they can still negotiate and talk to the insolvency department. Okay, but this sounds quite strict and limiting in a way. Then how does one get out of this process of bankruptcy? There are a few ways, but of course, uh, the ways would be the debt paid in full. That's definitely one of the ways, yeah. But of course, um, it's all about the negotiation there. There are a few acts that they can go, um, which is um, if they have paid, uh, all the debt and they go by annulment order or if they can actually negotiate and come up with a payment term and things like that they could also still dis- discuss yeah, on a discharge yeah. and for a bankrupt that may apply for a discharge if only 5 years lapse from the date of bankruptcy the most important thing is actually uh, speaking to your insolvency officer you know, about this uh, method and with because there's also cases where it's a fraud case where uh, he's been declared bankrupt due to an owing that's not by him, you know. And by the time you know it, he may not even know. So there are also clauses on that. So it's about actually communicating with the insolvency officer. So like you say, rightfully pointed out, Sim, uh, it is a very, it, there are a lot of restrictions and there are a lot of um issues to it, but it's not the end of the world. You know, why I'm stressing this is because, and we have seen cases where many will feel afraid, yeah, the moment uh, uh, the moment your creditor calls you and, you know, they stress upon the point that, look, if you're not going to pay, we're going to declare you a bankrupt and things, and, and they feel that bankruptcy is totally like the end of the world and they get so afraid and they go for loans that... Um, you know, especially from the unlicensed money lender, they go towards them and then they take up these loans to settle uh, these loans from uh, to avoid bankruptcy. But what they fail to know, what they fail to realize is that they're actually digging a more deeper hole, actually, I would say, getting themselves in a deeper trouble. It's about uh, not taking this as like, you know, the ultimate end and you try to find solution, quick solutions which is not really helping, which is not going to help them at all, whereas instead it's going to make the situation worse off. But of course, I guess um, the best way is to try to avoid the situation, you know, so like trying to take 
early actions to avoid uh, going towards bankruptcy at all would be the best. Mm, that's interesting. Well, uh, I also want to talk about the financial distress or dealing with it, at least from the uh, emotional point of view. I understand that AKPK recently did a survey on mental health and financial distress. Maybe you can expand on that a bit. Uh, we did do and we did see that a lot of, um, I mean, the stress level has increased, you know, and uh, obviously, I guess it's something very common at the moment where we we do see a lot on uh, financial stress and we, I mean, also to share in uh, suicide cases that we read in the papers nowadays, and there was stats that also shared that the three top reasons for suicide are family relationship, emotional pressure, and financial constraints. So uh, I guess part of all the pandemic that happened, you know, the, the, the changes, the stress that it's caused, it definitely has impacted towards our financial management and eventually increase the stress towards it. Yeah, And uh, what we would want to say here is we really need to know how to manage this now. We have to. Um, and there's something that we want to look at it is like making one financial decision at a time because at times when too many things fall into our head, too many issues, too many problems, it becomes too crowded and we are unable to think clearly. So it's about putting one issue at one time so it has what we say you know analyze first so analyze on what is your actual income at the moment this is for okay let's say for a person who actually lost their job or there's an income disruption so analyze actually what is the actual income they have now so they need to know so address that issue first where is my income coming from now and how much do i actually have and then you look at the expenses. So what is the main expenses that I have? Write it down. Think about, uh, look at it. You know, it's just not about thinking, but look at it and see, okay, now this is the main, um, the core expenses I have now. I cannot reduce this at all. And this is the income. So now how can I make up to the differences? So then we put in our plan, you know. So make one decision, one financial decision at a time. Track it, you know. And then maybe at this point, you would also want to identify what is the stressor, what is the, the main uh, problem here, what is the issue here, yeah. I think it is okay to know that you need help. Uh, it, I think we got to establish that fact first, yeah. Because um, I have seen cases that came to AKPK and when finances are already stressed, they create other habits that actually add adds up to the stress, you know, like things like that. So that's something that we really got to avoid and we got to look at solution-based, which I know saying all this is easier than done. So that's why maybe uh, asking for help, speaking to a counsellor or things would actually help you get things back in perspective. Well, before we end the segment, you know, do you have any stories or case studies in your experience or in AKPK's experience of people successfully getting out of this situation, people successfully climbing out of financial distress? And maybe you can share a bit on that experience so that our listeners have something to take away from. There are many success cases that we have seen in AKPK. Uh, we have seen our uh, a guy who actually lost his job and then he went into driving taxis yeah and uh, he when he lost his job you know he had his credit card debts up to about 50 over thousand ringgit and of course you know with no income he was very very stressed out and of course uh, when he started off driving taxis 
he was not earning that much to uh, pay up. But then he joined our program. We restructured, put him in the program. And uh, eventually by now, uh, uh, it was like, I think, close to about five, six years now, he has already settled three out of the debts, you know, fully settled because we put it in a structured program that he can pay according to his affordability. So he's able to pay. And uh, not only in terms of our financial counselling, we help those with distress, uh, we are also uh, into financial education where we are trying to prevent. So we try to educate people how can they manage their money better so they can avoid uh you know, financial distress as well. And uh, one of the cases that I would say that we did a program with these micro entrepreneurs and um, small uh, stall holders. Like uh, I had this uh, experience with a lady who's selling chendol, you know. They have very basic uh, financial management there in terms of uh, one, separating their um, business income with uh, own financial expenses, you know, separating the business account with your own account. So they're all jumbled up. So we educate them in terms of separating, in terms of starting up savings and things like that. And uh, she showed, she started her savings slowly and consistently was doing it and moved on to investment. So even now when the crisis happened, her business was badly affected because she was selling chendol at a holiday destination. But, you know, to, everything is affected now. And uh, she had to close down. But because she had managed to save up and uh, she had actually practiced all that and all her earlier debts were actually all restructured and then she was able to sustain and she was able to use her savings uh, to venture into something else which is very much in demand now. And uh, she sustained and even growing better. So it's about, you know, when you are having that financial distress, sometimes you think, oh, this is the end. I uh, Even whatever I do, what's, what's going to make, what's, what difference is it going to make? It's not going to change anything. It's just going to get worse, you know, so why bother? So that mindset must change because we have seen, seriously, I have been inspired. Uh, I mean, while working here, I've seen people who actually come out of the worst situation, like, the, the amount of debt size they had, but it's all about uh, being disciplined, uh, following the plan, seeking for help, asking, and always finding for solutions that has actually um, brought them out to success. So there's a real, there's just so many of success cases actually that we have seen who have uh, come out of financial distress. So it's not impossible at all. And that's Nirmala Subramaniam, the head of the Household Financial Education Department with AKPK. Don't go anywhere, we'll be back after these messages. Welcome back, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Sends, I'm Simwi Boon. Today's topic is about bankruptcy and how it affects you. Earlier in the show, I spoke to Nirmala Subramaniam of AKPK about what happens to you when you're declared a bankrupt and some of the practical ways to get out of it. But being bankrupt is just more than losing your asset. It can affect your mental well-being. So how do you deal with such financial distress? Licensed professional counsellor and therapist here in court joins me now to talk about the mental aspects of such a situation. Thanks for speaking to me, Hirin. I want to ask, what is the mental health impact to someone that's bankrupt? You know, a very large part of our mental health is tied to our financial well-being. And uh, when that financial well-being is impacted on negatively vis-a-vis uh, -vis bankruptcy, everything else also is affected you know, including our emotional states and uh, our social behaviors. Um, and you'll understand 
why this is the case, if you look at the uh, restrictions <laughs> that are placed on bankrupts, such an individual is a very is at a very uh, real risk of uh, developing mental health issues, and uh, if these are not treated in time, then um, they can go on to become disorders, and uh, then we will have issues like uh, depression, uh, chronic anxiety disorder, toxic stress. Um, so yes. Individuals facing um, bankruptcy or who have become bankrupt, uh, you know, their, the psychological well-being is very much impacted by their circumstances. So how do you overcome these mental stress? How do you, say, pick yourself back up again? There are some things that individuals, uh, I believe, you know, we can do even before bankruptcy rears its head. Uh, like for starters, you may want to secure uh, the home that you live in. And uh, we can do this by placing uh, the home in a trust during our lifetimes. Um, if, see, what happens is uh, sometimes people have this mindset, um, okay, you know, we'll deal with it as it comes. And uh, by the time bankruptcy proceedings have already commenced, then they try quickly, you know, to transfer the home that they are living in. Um, but this will be seen as an attempt to frustrate the bankruptcy proceedings and uh, that transaction may be void. So, you know, be preemptive and uh, secure your home early on uh, because being able to keep that asset, which is your protection, which is your sanctuary, will go a long way to help you manage the mental stress of uh, bankruptcy if it happens. Uh, and you will be in a better place to start over. Uh, you know, most of us, we come pre-wired with the ability to take on fantastic challenges and tremendous stress. Uh, and you know, whatever life throws at us. And uh, this is something called resilience. It's an amazing skill that helps us to recover from adversities. But you know, to draw from uh, this pool of resilience, we have to develop it first. People have uh, tend to have this mindset also that uh, you know, we develop um, coping mechanisms when um, difficulties crop up. And with some issues, it can work. With some things, it doesn't work so well. And uh, one of those things is uh, resilience. Um, there has to be a ready and a deep reservoir, you know, to draw from when the need arises to pick yourself up again. So if you're going to ask me next, you know, how, how do I hone my resilience? You know, how do I do this? Um, learn to cope with challenges now and not when trouble starts. Understand that um, crisis that uh, you face from time to time. Um, and we face crisis every day. So address the causes of your crisis, address the roots of your crisis. Um, try to not develop this habit of running away, of getting into denial, because it's like a muscle. The more you train it, the better you get at it. And um, build a circle of people you can trust. Um, have your own tight inner circle who will help you through difficulties. It might help um, to reframe how uh, you view your financial stresses as well. Um, it's something we call cognitive reframing. 
So this is essentially reframing the mindset and how we look at things, how our perspectives, uh, how our perspectives are managed. To me, this goes beyond the glass half full, glass half empty analogy. Um, the way I see it, the glass is always refillable. So try to reframe what has happened into an event that allows you to um, clear up clutter and messes and to start over and uh, build the resilience by honing your ability to take decisive action during crisis. If these things are, some of these things are put in place earlier on, it becomes uh, much more manageable uh, to be able to pick ourselves up again. Hmm. And a lot of this also has to do with society and its role and viewpoint on bankruptcy. What are your thoughts on how society's role and viewpoints on bankruptcy? Yes, absolutely. We are expected to uh, become uh, financially independent at a certain point. And, uh, you know, there's a stigma that's attached um, if we are not able to, you know, individuate in that way. And, uh, you know, people view us as burdens. So um, that that uh, viewpoint is still very much prevalent even today. And, uh, you know, same in the old days, uh, in some cultures, uh, bankrupts were not allowed to keep anything other than their tools of trade and their clothing. Everything else was confiscated by, by creditors. Um, in ancient Greece, if a man owed a debt and uh, he could not pay it, he, his wife, his children, his livestock, anything really basically that could be put to work were all forced into debt slavery. But over time, uh, societal viewpoints have evolved and uh, we have become more compassionate people. But yes, there is still a stigma associated with going bankrupt. Yes, it is still viewed as undesirable. Uh, but there, there is more willingness uh, now to understand that when individuals file for bankruptcy, it is to get relief. It is to start over. Uh, some justification at least is afforded that, you know, perhaps this honest, hardworking individual, unfortunate uh, debtor, is now faced with mis misfortune and uh, he should be entitled to a discharge after making amends. Um, in Malaysia, um, the changing societal viewpoints, actually, they are reflected in our laws also. And uh, our laws have also evolved that way. And uh, this is important because these laws, they protect you, they protect me. Our Insolvency Act has been amended four times. And each time, the minimum threshold for debt has increased. So um, the original threshold was only 2,000 ringgits. Then uh, there was uh, increased to 10,000 ringgits, eventually 30K, and finally it's now 50K uh, in uh, 2017. And then in uh, August of 2020, an amendment bill was passed to mitigate the financial ramifications of the COVID pandemic to give individuals additional protection. Just as we said about how society has become more empathetic, how can you as an individual say you know of a friend or maybe a family member who's going through financial distress, who's going through this situation? How can you help? Actually, that's a, it's a very interesting question. A good starting point, I would say, is always um, don't judge. And uh, ask, ask yourself, do you even know the full story? Do you even know what happened? Uh, you know, we all know that bad things happen to good people too. 
you know, things go wrong in spite of, you know, best efforts sometimes. I mean, just look at businesses that have been forced to cope for the past uh, 18, 20 months, you know, with so little to get by. And this is only one example. Uh, and there are so many circumstances, you know, that we aren't even fully aware of. So, uh, be, you know, a good starting point is ask yourself, do you even know the full story? And perhaps that may be a good uh, way to, you know, reach out to somebody. If you were to make a phone call and uh, you might want to say something compassionate and empathetic, like, hey, um, you know, I, I just came to know that, uh, you know, this has happened. Uh, I'm so sorry to know that you're going through such a hard time, you know, but uh, what happened? Would you like to talk about it? And that might be just that uh, catalyst, you know, to get that, uh, that person uh, to want to open up and reach out. You know, don't cast shame. See if you are able to contribute meaningfully, you know, and this could be by, uh, you could keep in touch, just listen to the person. And, uh, you know, once the person is done talking, if you have nothing else to say, um, you know, just say, I'm so sorry to know that this has happened. Um, I just called in to check on you and uh, I will check in again. One thing I will highly recommend is avoid toxic positivity. Don't tell people to be positive, um, you know, in uh, difficult circumstances. Yes, positivity has its place. But, you know, when we create artificial expectations of staying positive, uh, especially in a tough situation like, you know, bankruptcy, it can become very toxic for people who are going through a rough time. See if you are able to contribute financially in any way. And uh, if not, um, are there contacts you have, you know, that maybe this person can leverage on, you know, that could be the contact of a good solicitor uh, or a good lawyer uh, or a good counsellor. Learn to be comfortable with your own discomfort as well. You know, prepare to hear uncomfortable things. Prepare to see the people that you care about unravel before you because they will cry. They will beat themselves up. They will call themselves names. And uh, you have to hold a safe space for them. You know, and, and what does that mean? When I say you need to hold a safe space for them, it means that after all of this is said and done, after everything that you have seen and witnessed, it means your equation with that person does not change. After all this is done, um, your equation with that person remains and uh, they can get back in touch with you um, in the same way as they were able to do before. That's what it means. So uh, manage your own expectations too. You know, don't ask uncomfortable questions and expect to get comfortable responses because it is a very tough situation. You have to make sure that you are able to handle your discomfort comfortably. That's all the time we have for Ringgit and Sense. I've been speaking to licensed professional counsellor here in Core about the mental health impact of bankruptcy. If you need help with your financial situation, do visit AKPK's website www.akpk.org.my for some help. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. We have the 10am news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. I'm Sim Weeboon signing up for the morning run, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.